I, I am not actually giving the word this morning, um, but I, I want to let you guys know we're starting a new series, and there's some really cool supplemental stuff that's going on with the sermon series that I just want to give you a heads up on, okay? Starting this morning, we're going to do an eight-week series on prayer. So Pastor Joshua is going to give that in just a few minutes here. Um, and every week for the next eight weeks, we're going to talk about kind of a different facet of prayer. Now, uh, there is a, a really cool book that we're drawing uh, from. We're not preaching from this book. It's not a sermon based on this, uh, not a series based on this book. But there are some really cool things that go along with this book and some videos and things. The book is called uh, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. <laughs> Isn't that good? Um, by Pete Gregg. And he's the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement um, in, uh, in the UK. And uh, it, it's, it's, so we're gonna follow along with the thing that he's done because they've created a thing called the prayer course. Uh, Araya, can you pull this up? It's a free thing uh, at prayercourse.org. Uh, and uh, you just click on the sessions tab and you see there's eight sessions. So can you scroll down a little bit? That first one, uh, why pray? Pastor Joshua's gonna talk a lot this morning on why we pray and give kind of an, an overview. The next week will be adoration, uh, et cetera. And so we're gonna, we decided, let's just mirror the topics that he's doing. So then during the week, uh, you guys can, can jump on and, and look at what's going on here. Now, I, some of the home groups, when they meet, are going to be using some of this material. But it's actually quite cool. Can you, can you click on uh, the, the – scroll down just a little bit, and when you see the uh, – what does that say? Session. I, I can't see it from here. Oh, session resources. Yeah. Click on there, and you can see what comes up. There's a video, and you can watch a session, and it's like a 20-minute conversation that Pete has about this topic. And then there's all kinds of stuff. There's some stuff if, you're, if you want to do um, you know, stuff with other people. And like I said, some of the home groups will be doing a little bit of this. Um, but there's also different resources that you can check uh, and, and look at, different things to read and recommendations. So I just want to uh, throw this out to you guys. This is going to be a fun journey that we're on because we're going to be sort of uh, uh, zooming out and looking at some different ways to pray um, and uh, um, some, just some different really cool facets of prayer. And this is some really good and helpful stuff that can help add to what we're talking about during the week. So I just want to commend these resources to you. Let them know, let you know they're there. It's prayercourse.org. It's all totally free. And it's just really rich and beautiful content. Uh, with lots of stories and lots of things to encourage you along this journey. So we've felt strongly that, that, that we needed to move in this direction to, to uh, you know, really zero in on this thing of prayer and communing with God in all these different ways. And, and so we just want to make sure we're not only doing that on Sunday. So I think this would be some, some cool resources to help you do that. And we're going to start actually this morning. We're going to bring uh, Janelle back on stage because we're going we're gonna to have a lot of stories and a lot of testimonies as we go through these next eight weeks about this stuff. And she's got a couple of uh, stories for us, so why don't you take it away? Thank you. Um, Pastor Joshua asked me to talk a little bit, I'm gonna be brief, about why we pray. Um, so I just wanted to share two little examples of that. Um, for me, a huge part of my prayer life is to draw near to God and to just be connected with him, be, um, you know, have my needs met, have just communion with him. And I love um, in Matthew 6, it says, uh, 
it tells us to be as simple and as honest as we can manage. And I just love that so much. I'm a very direct person. I'm very much a straight shooter. And I love his permission in prayer to just be honest. I think so often it's like, oh, dear Jesus, I ask, you know, blah, 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 all these proper things. And, and he doesn't want that. I think sometimes that is appropriate, but that's not what he's looking for. For me, part of my story... Um, was when my mom went through a journey of Alzheimer's and I did not have fancy church prayers in that season. It was like a, just a gutting experience. Um, and I needed Jesus to be near to me. I didn't need to, you know, go through a priest or whatever, some of those beautiful traditions. But in, in that season where... Um, I'm losing my mom. I'm losing my best friend. I needed him there. And I remember, um, oh, I wasn't expecting to be so emotional, but I was driving home and I was sobbing. I don't exactly remember what happened, but I was just crying out like, I can't lose my mom this way. And I'm just like, God, you've got to help me. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And in my car, I remember right where I was, right before the bridge in Harrisburg, the whole atmosphere, the whole, like physically, I could just feel the Lord's presence. And he just came. And like, it felt like he was hugging me. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but I like physically felt him. And he was just like, just holding me and like promises, you know, he's promised he will never leave us. And like, I just knew he was there. And then again, I had the strength to, okay, this is where we're at in her journey. And again, just was buoyed with the strength of him being there with me. And just over and over, I had those times of, you know, I, I can't do this, Lord. I can't, I can't handle this. I can't watch, you know, my brother and sister and and my dad go through this, and he would just be right there. You know, the situation didn't change. Like, she still died from this. <clears throat> but he was there with me. And I never, ever for a minute doubted that he was there with me. Like, just his presence, his nearness. And so often he's like, come on, get honest. Tell me how you feel. And it was okay. I mean, I had lots of big feelings, lots of bad words I said. And it was okay because I was just that real and that honest and able to express um, how I felt. And that's, that's what he wanted from me. Um, and it's, for me, that like I don't know how I would have gotten through that season without that connection with the Lord, that, that praying, that crying out, that just that you know, gut-wrenching prayer that, that life um, requires us sometimes. But it's just a beautiful way for me to connect, get those needs met. Um, and like I said, the situation didn't go the way I would have picked. But I also, there's things, there's strength in me that I wouldn't trade for the world because of that, because of that those roots in me going deeper because of that prayer and that talking and that listening to Jesus. So that is one way that I um, spend a lot of time in prayer. Another way is I'm a very detailed person. 
And I love to be very specific with prayer. Like, okay, if you need, you know, $12 to whatever, like, let's pray for $12. And so I really love praying specific things. Um, so this January, um, we were under budget a little bit for our finances on tithes and offerings. And Abby, our bookkeeper, would you raise your hand? We didn't highlight her a few weeks ago. I won't make you stand up. But Abby is our amazing, gifted bookkeeper. And so she told me where we're at, we're, the amount that we were under. And so I think we prayed. We prayed together and just like, all right, Lord. So after she left that day, it was the last day of the month, I started praying for that specific amount that we were under budget. And I was like, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. I'm just going to be bold and do it. I ask that tomorrow a check comes in the mail that is this amount, and that is dated earlier in January, so it's not like, ooh, is that February's money? And was postmarked earlier in January. And I'm specifically asking for you to do this so we will make budget, because we don't want to start the first year of the month under budget, right? Come on. So the next day, the mail came, and I'm like right there by him. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Got any mail for me? You know, I'm just like trying to be nice, but get out of the way. I'm expecting God to do something here. So went through the mail, and guess what was in the mail? A check dated a solid week before, so fully, definitely January's money. The postmark was several days, like it came fairly local, and it took a while to get here for twice what I was praying for. So isn't that so cool? And I loved that I had the faith to believe for this, but God's like, mm, I got you, we're going double. And it was just, just a fun thing, you know, him honoring Abby's uh, faithful prayer and my specific prayer and just him, you know, exceeding our budget for January and just a, such a beautiful answer to prayer. So pray specific prayers because God is into the details and I love it. Well, praise God. Well, I want to start with an apology. As we were um, taking communion together, uh, normally I look out and see how far the elements have gotten. And then you'll, you might notice this, maybe you in the front don't realize it, but sometimes when we're going a little bit long with the devotional parts, because we're waiting for the bread and the juice to make it to the back of the room. But today I didn't read the room. So I apologize to you in the back that we're having to like shotgun it real quick, <laughs> catch up. And I apologize to you ushers who were feeling a lot of pressure to get the, uh, the body and the, and the blood of Christ to the people. So we, uh, we do our best, but sometimes we fall down on the job. So please forgive me. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Tough crowd. The front's like, we don't care. We got ours. Oh my goodness. Well, I am very encouraged about this, um, about this uh, topic and about what we get to do together. And, um, you know, it's funny because Jason and I started like weeks ago working on this and we've been reading and studying and talking and meeting. And then at the end of it, we realized, oh, this thing's already built. So I just, I feel the need to tell you that, that we didn't just go grab somebody else's stuff and be like, okay, perfect. Praise God. We're, we're not mailing it in. We just were so impressed with what um, Pete Gregg and his team had done that we're like, man, this is a perfect time to embrace a really lovely tool 
and uh, I think it's going to be fantastic, but uh, maybe my insecurity is showing. We work hard, guys, <laughs> all right? We read the Bible. Well, I'm going to start with, um, there was an interview with Pete Gregg, and he, um, he was being interviewed by Kerry Newhoff, and in this interview, and, and uh, he, he was sharing some different aspects of prayer, and he used this analogy, and I thought, it's so good, I'm going to give him credit this time. Next time, I'm going to say I heard it said, and then, and then the third time, I'm going to start saying, you know, I've always said it's like this, but you get the first one, so this was Pete Gregg. And, um, but he used the analogy of this. If you uh, ever went to a restaurant and they had like a delicious meal, right? Your friend invites you, you got to go to this restaurant and you go and the food is amazing, okay? It's the best enchiladas you've ever had in your life. Truly, they're incredible and you really enjoy them. But as you get there, you realize that what they have on the menu is enchiladas and that's it. You probably wouldn't go to that restaurant very often right? Even, if, even though they're delicious, but you would, you, would, you would probably not frequent it that often because they only have one thing on the menu. And he used the analogy that most of us have experienced prayer a lot like that, where we, we may have experienced something really amazing, and, and no matter how amazing it was, if it's the only thing that's been on the menu, you may believe, gosh, I I don't always feel like doing that, you know? Like, how many of you are in the mood for enchiladas every day? There's going to be somebody that raises their hand. I knew this would happen. I knew it would happen, and praise God. So you're always happy praying the same way, and good for you. But most of us like to have more than one meal in our life, and prayer is a lot like that. There are many facets to prayer, and, and it, because it, it's, it's a relationship, it's dynamic, it's, it's a living, breathing relationship with you and God in it. And just so you know, God actually, I'm going to say this, but he has different moods that he's in. I know, that's like scary for some of you. They're always good. He's a good God. There's also three of him in one What's that tell you? This is a dynamic relationship. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you. So there's a lot of things on the menu. And, and I would like for us to embrace this, to recognize, hey, maybe my understanding and my relationship to the Lord in prayer has been a lot like that. Maybe I've just thought it's only enchiladas, but it turns out there's barbecue and tri-tip and vegetarian and... <laughs> I'm, wait, I've done something wrong. I'm, that's not fair. That's inappropriate. And so I want to invite you into the incredible, multifaceted relationship that we can have with God in prayer. Amen? And I, and I don't want to besmirch the vegetarian goodness or the enchiladas or all the things that come from the glorious cow. And let's go on this trip together, amen? In the, in the beginning of this book that we're encouraging you with, there's a great quote here from Pete Gregg, and it says, it's, it starts with this, every pilgrim gets a stone in their shoe eventually. Is this really all there is to knowing the creator of 100 billion galaxies? You read the book of Acts and ask, why isn't it like that anymore? Your world falls apart and you desperately need a miracle. You stare up at the stars and you see things that are bigger than religious language and you say to yourself, 
if this thing is true, there has got to be more power. There's got to be more actual experience. And so finally you turn to God, half wondering whether you're any more than half serious, and you say, Lord, teach me to pray. And he replies, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> the, the disciples came to Jesus at a certain point, as you guys know, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And the Lord taught them to pray. They saw what Jesus was doing with the Father. They saw who he was. They saw how he was. And they saw what he was doing. And they went, we need to learn how to pray like you pray. That's an invitation for us. That's that's pretty incredible, isn't it? They didn't say, teach us the secret knowledge or teach us the formula for miracles. They said, teach us to pray. And, it, and it's the same for us. Lord, teach us to pray. In Luke uh, chapter 22, verse 39, in the message, it says, leaving there, he went, as he so often did, to Mount Olives. The disciples followed him, and when they arrived at the place, he said, Pray that you don't give in to temptation. The part I want to zero in on is it says, as he often did. Jesus was often going to desolate places, to beautiful places, to spaces and praying to the Lord alone, and then also with his disciples. This was, this was how the Son of God, the, the Son of the Father, this was how he rolled. This was how he interacted with the Father as he was here Fully human, guys. Remember this. This is so huge for us. We have to remember, he was fully human. He was just like us. He didn't have special privileges, and he, and he didn't have any extra obstacles. He had everything that we had, and he often would go and pray and be with the Father. And the disciples saw this, and they, they said, teach us how to do this. Prayer, so, so, so today I'm talking about why pray. I mean, we just saw one clue is well, Jesus did it. I mean, we're following him. So I think that's a pretty good answer. It's like, well, if it's good enough for the son of God and he said, follow me, do as I've done, I think that's a good answer. But I, but I want to look at it from a, few, from a few different angles. I'll start with a quote. Uh, Canadian psychologist David Banner described prayer as the soul's native language, observing that our natural posture is attentive openness to the divine. Another way to say that would be to be human is to pray. Do you see that? Mark 1, 35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus was constantly going and, and speaking with the Father. You know, as, as Janelle pointed out, that the Lord is not waiting for you to say something fancy. He's waiting for you to say something true. He's, he's wanting you to converse with him. The Father wants you to speak with him as you are. It reminds me very much of the Garden of Eden. You know, let's go back to, to the Father's Eden Garden dream. That's been making me emotional a lot every time I think about it these days that we have this father and he, he's got this perfect dream to invite us into a relationship with him and he makes us in his image and then he says, I want you to take this garden, everything that I've created in the earth, I've, I've, I've created all this in the earth, I've planted a garden for you and it's in perfect order and I want you to cultivate that garden and I want you to keep 
being creative like me. I want you to reproduce and I want you to rule over the whole earth, but you're going to start in this garden. Cultivate it. Extend it. And then, in, 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 and then in Genesis, it says that Jesus would come in the cool of the day and he would walk and talk with Adam and Eve. That's prayer. It's the conversation in the garden. Why do we pray? Because we're with him. And prayer is our native language with our good father and our big brother, our hero Jesus, with the Holy Spirit of God. We pray because we're human and we're made in his image. We're never more like God than when we're speaking with him, which means we're never more human when we're speaking with God. It's to, to, to talk with him, to reflect him, to see him. Have you ever been with somebody after they've talked with someone they really admire? I, I remember um, my nephew at one point, I won't name which one, but he had been hanging out with a whole bunch of people, and at that time in that season, then everything was like really legit, super legit. And be like, dude, it's so legit, you know? And we're like, who have you been hanging out with? Well, he's been hanging out with some people that say legit, and it was legit, so we were hearing about it. When we're with the Lord, we start to sound like him. When we're with him, we reflect his glory, and we're made in his image. So the more that we reflect him, the more we are who he actually created us to be, because we were made in his image. We look like him, and we sound like him, and prayer is that conversation when we're with him. And that's, that's, that's how we're fully alive. That's how we're fully present. It's how we're fully human. I find it interesting that it says in the scriptures, to know me is to have eternal life. And at a certain point, if you'll recall, there's, in the scriptures, it says there are those, Jesus was saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will, will, it, will, it, will inherit eternal life and, he's, and he says, in fact, in that day, there will be those that come to me and they say, but Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I did miracles in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And he uses that word yada. I never knew you. I never, yada is the same word that was used when Adam, yada, Eve, and they, and they conceived their first child. I never knew you. We weren't intimate. We weren't one together. I didn't know you. Prayer is how we're one with the Lord. It's how we yada with him to be one. Jesus' prayer for us was, Lord, I want to show them my glory in John 17, that same glory that you gave me when I was with you. I want them to have it. I want them to see it in me, and I want them to have it, that they would be one as we are one. And this is Jesus' prayer as he converses with God. Why do we pray? Because in prayer, we're one with God. Prayer is our native language. It's our homeland. It's our backyard. It's the garden. How many of you guys sometimes just find yourself longing for the garden, for God's Eden dream? And I love it because he hasn't abandoned it. He hasn't, he hasn't given up on it. Jesus gave us a prayer that said, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your Eden dream restored as it is in heaven in your heart. You did not change your mind. 
When we pray, we're calling for heaven to be found on earth, but, but it begins, Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. And when we, when we speak with him, when we talk with him, when we're with him, heaven is within us. Jesus said, don't look for it everywhere else. It's within you. Behold, I am with you always. And what do you do when you're with somebody? Man, you talk to them. Prayer is the conversation with God in the garden. In, one, in another place, it says that we're seated in Christ in heavenly places. When I speak with God, I remember that I'm seated in Christ in heavenly places. Why do I pray? Because when I pray, I am with him, and he is with me. I love Psalms 103, 11 through 14, and, and, I, and I, I love this. Josh uh, didn't know that we were going to be using this scripture, but we sang that song today, actually, as far for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward us, towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. I love this. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. Man, how many of you guys come before the Lord sometimes and you're like, Lord, I don't understand why I am so easily blown and bowled over by information and pressure, by, 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 by injustice and fear, shame or doubt or whatever. God, why am I so blown about? And the Lord says, I remember your frame that you're but dust. Come here. Come here. Let me breathe on you again, like when I formed you from the dust in Adam and I breathed into you then. Let me fill you afresh with my Holy Spirit in this conversation. Let me breathe on you again, pneuma, the pneuma of my spirit. Let me fill you again like I filled you in that garden. I remember your frame that you're dust. I haven't forgotten, but let me remind you who you are in me. He's not ashamed of us. And when we pray, we, we do bring those things before him, don't we? When, we? when we pray, we're invited to love God with all of, our whole, all of our heart and our soul and our strength and our mind. It's the place where we meet with him. It's this place where we meet with him. We, we, we love others as much as we love ourselves, and we love him. And when we pray, it's the place where we learn to love ourselves, in conversation with him, because there's something that happens to, to meet with our own self when it's reflected with him without exaggeration or minimization. You know, oftentimes we come, but when you get in front of the one in, whom, in whose image we're created, suddenly my self-aggrandizement as well as the minimizing of how awesome I am, neither of those things work anymore, do they? When I'm in prayer, I can't I can't avoid the reality of the truth of who I am and who he is because if I spend time with him, if I make space for him, Jesus was in the habit of going to specific places and spaces because when he was with the Father, he remembered that he was the Son. When you and I are with the Father, we remember that we're sons and daughters and suddenly we can't avoid some of those things that, let's face it, sometimes we want to avoid, don't we? I love Hebrews Chapter 4, I'm going to read it in the message and in the, in the NIV, verses 14 through 15. I love it. Let's start with the message. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this high priest with ready access to God, let's, 
Let's not, it, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. I liked how he said that. He's been through our weakness. I'm sorry. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. He didn't give in to sin. Praise God. There's hope. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept the help. We, we pray because when we come before him, we're coming to someone who's actually been through what we've been through. I want you all to know that I write songs, and so I'm going to quote one of mine. I'm <laughs> just being a dork. But I, I, wrote a, I wrote a line in a song at one point, and it was the familiar pain, familiar pain, the words, I don't understand. Right? There's, it's so hard when you share, you pour your heart out to somebody, and they go, I just don't understand. And it, it I mean, how, right? right? To, to, not, to have someone go, I don't understand what is going on with you. I don't understand who you are. I don't understand. With Christ, you never hear those words. He's a priest that understands everything that we've gone through. He understands our frame is but dust. He understands what it's like to have weaknesses. He understands. We pray because when we converse with him, he's the one that can always say, I understand. He can empathize. In the NIV, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He can empathize and say, I understand exactly what you're going through. Come here, let me help you. Let me walk you through this. It won't be without pain, but it certainly won't be without me. You with me? We pray because he's with us in that. We receive the empathy. Can you even imagine that? We receive the empathy of God when we pray. And he gives us grace in our time of need. I'm going to just read a couple more thoughts and then we'll end with prayer. I think that'd be appropriate. Prayer is where I find myself learning to love God as he is and not as I think he is or as I wish that he might be. And the good news is he's even better than the image I created of him. Prayer is where we find the real God, our real God. Prayer is the place where I learn to love myself as I am and not as I would have me. He loves me this way, and I must learn to accept reality as it is. When we spend time conversing with him, all those lies about ourselves, whether they're, whatever they are, they start to melt away, and we begin to see him as he is and find ourselves seen as he sees us. Prayer is the place of rest and peace, sometimes the place of violence and regret, fear and shame, and they're all dealt with there, but they're removed by his hand in the silent places of honesty, boredom, and surrender. Prayer is the place where he is. 
Prayer is where I learn to be still in my soul and to let him catch me as I finally say, not my will, but yours be done. I think of a small child. I finally stopped twisting and fighting. How many of you guys have ever wrestled with a small toddler, right, that just needs to fall asleep, just needs to rest, just needs to stop being the biggest thing in the room? And they finally... Prayer is that place for us where our good father says, come here, I am who you need. Prayer is that place where sometimes I need to vent all of my anger and then admit I'm not actually mad, I'm really, really sad. For those of you that are into the Enneagram, we sevens have a real problem with that one. I'd rather be mad than sad. Prayer is that place where I find out what's really going on in my heart, but I have to stay in that space and talk with him, that conversation in the garden. And he can start healing those broken places. Prayer is the place with him where I ask for practical advice, for interpretation of dreams and counsel for how to love my kids better. I pray because I'm alive, and each prayer is a breath, and each breath is a prayer. To be fully alive is to pray. I remember, and I, I love this part. I'll finish with this thought. He's, he's my friend. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because I tell you everything that I'm doing. He's my friend, and prayer is the ongoing conversation Sometimes I pray, and then after I'm done, I confess to him, I don't actually agree with anything I just said, and I'd really like to hear his perspective. <laughs> Is anybody else? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. Sometimes um, I've asked my wife or my children when they're sharing with me, do you want any input, or are you just needing to vent? <laughs> Prayer at times is just that, the description of my day and frustrations, fears, and hopes and our good Father, the creator of the universe, is honored and willing to hear the story of my day. And he is the listening ear and the empathetic presence. He's a witness of my life, and he cares deeply about the mundane and the extraordinary details of it. Prayer is the space where my Father lets me know that he sees me, and he lets me see him back. And there are many more reasons why we pray. But I think for where we're going, can we begin that to pray is to be human, to pray is to be alive, and to pray is to return to the conversation in that Eden Garden dream. Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet and we'll pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he look upon you with favor and in every aspect of your life, in every cell of your being. May you experience, may you know, may you overflow, may you emanate his shalom. The uh, 
elders and the home group leaders are going to come to the front. And if you'd like some more ministry time, we would love to bless you. You guys have a great week.